My name is Era, and I'm the host of the Tamil Creator Podcast. I chat with creators from all over the world to share their stories and discuss hot topics in a way that I hope inspires, educates, and entertains you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tamil Creator. I'm your host, and today we have a special guest all the way from LA, Himlish Kumar. Uh, someone that I've known for a couple of years now. Uh, actually, when my wife and I took our first trip to LA, we actually crashed at his beautiful waterfront pad that now he sadly moved on from. But uh, we'll kind of get into that a bit later. But Himalish is uh, the founder and CEO, or was the founder and CEO of an LA-based startup called Tapped In, spelled T-A-P-D-N. It was founded back in 20, 2009. And he had partnered with Court or C-O-R-T, which is a Berkshire Hathaway company. And then he got acquired or his company got acquired 10 years later in June of 2019. So super interesting journey from beginning to end. And uh, this you know, company, when he created it, was the first ever platform to kind of bring together everything workplace IoT. So Internet of Things sensor under one platform. So uh, I'm really excited to kind of chat about, uh, chat with Himalish and kind of share you know, the things I've learned about him with you guys. Um, so instead of me just talking, let me get Himalish to, you know, speak about himself, his upbringing. It's super interesting because a lot of tech founders come from engineering backgrounds, but Himalish actually did not. And that's what I also found super interesting. So Himalish, why don't you tell the people a bit about yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. Um, uh, you make me sound so interesting, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so I, uh, let me get a background. So I, I was born in Sri Lanka. Um, uh, my, my mom is Sri Lankan. Um, my, my father is Indian from, from Andhra Pradesh. Um, um, so I lived both in, 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 in Sri Lanka as well as India. And then, um, we were some, we were one of the few fortunate people to get sponsored, um, in 1985, I'm dating myself now, 1985. And, we were able to come to um, to, to the U.S. to Los Angeles, and uh, yeah, and that, and we've been here we've been here ever since. Um, I do ha- I, have, I have an elder sister six years six years older than me, um, and um, now I'm, I I I shuttle between uh, both uh, San Francisco and then and then Los Angeles now. And like, what, why don't you tell the folks kind of what you did in school? Because I feel like. A lot of people feel like to start something tech-based. I feel like the world has evolved where like you don't mm-hmm. really need to be super technical anymore to start a tech company. So why don't mm-hmm. you share a bit about that as well? Yeah, actually, one thing that 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 speaks on that is um, uh, I think you know most uh, most uh, uh, immigrants have a thread of uh, uh, I, I, w- I would say that that uh, similarities, right? Um, a lot of differences where they come from and so forth. But one thing is always to have a better life, right? So you're, your parents or you made some huge sacrifices to get, whether it be in Los Angeles or California or in Toronto or wherever you are in the world, right? And it's always to, to have a better life. And I think for me, um, that was instilled even at a, at a young age. And it was, it was, it was really like a, a chip on my shoulder, I would say that you know that showed me the comparison of the contrast of where i was coming from and where i am now and i always you know it my 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 world including my schooling was colored by this like othering effect of like okay well 
um, I have to do better. I have to do good for my family, for myself, my 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 children, and my children's children, and and everyone that that I left behind in India and Sri Lanka. People that um, unfortunately passed away, or people who uh, who just couldn't come out. Right. So it's that that coloring, and I think for um, growing up in uh, in California. It's going to LAUSD, which is uh, our, our 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 high school district here, um, was interesting, and it actually that actually speaks a lot to my later years, um, uh, both in in college as well as how I became an entrepreneur. Um, you know, you you as an immigrant are are asked to do better than your parents. You're asked to do better than then, you know, people came before you so you can help your local community, your global community, your friends and family back home, as well as, of course, your your immediate self and, and your family. Uh, and you do this by how, you know, you study hard and, you know, you become either a doctor, a lawyer, engineer. And that's kind of like this pinnacle, that's like the gold standard of um, of, of being successful, right? Um, and it's, it's almost like that, that blueprint that we all follow, no matter what culture you come from. If you're an immigrant, that's, that's what you follow. You go to school, you get, go to college. And, and for me, it was a little different. Unfortunately for me, I, uh, I had a learning disability and, uh, I, uh, I was dyslexic or still am dyslexic. Um, and you know, it, it, I don't know how it is in, 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 in Canada, but in the U S at least at that time, this is a while ago, things have definitely changed now, uh, for the better was that there's a spectrum of how you are taught. And if you don't fall inside of that spectrum, you're outside that spectrum, you know, in either side, you are, you're definitely othered and you're, you know, in the, in the more PC way, you're, you're special or, you know, on the non-PC, you're, you're dumb, right? Um, and for me, I just, no matter how much I tried, I just couldn't, I couldn't get it, right? I, I you know, and, and, uh, and I had to, so with that said, I, I had to figure out a way to understand uh, everything, whether it be math, science, I, I was a lot more creative. But that's how my mind worked. You know, uh, having learned disability, your mind works in a, in a in a different way, right? I I almost don't even call it a disability anymore because I now I'm on the other side. I look at my my experiences and realize how that shaped me in my career, how that shaped me, as you were alluding to, um, not coming from necessarily engineering background. But then actually going into engineering, uh, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Um, it what why I say that is because you are especially running a business, you're 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 always confronted with no's, right? Um, no, you can't do this, or no, we're not going to buy this, or no, you you know, we're not going to be able to work with you this way. Um, and growing up, I had those same amount of no's because I had a learning disability, and it was at the time there wasn't a there was no diagnose they couldn't diagnose me as to what I was. There wasn't that even option for me. It was just that you understand this, you don't understand it. It was no, well, then here's plan B. It was, then you're just going to be a failure all your life. And that's what it is. And I had definitely had teachers that put me in that box that, oh, don't spend your time with this person. They won't understand it. They're not going to get it. And then I had teachers on the other side that were just phenomenal that really helped me who said, okay, he learns it a different way. So we're gonna put time in that. There's something about this kid that that um, I wanna put my time into and, and I'm forever grateful for those for those, those individuals, those teachers. Um, but what it really taught me was how to overcome your no's and how to overcome your challenges, right? 
and not to be brittle and let the world kind of shape you as a person, but say, okay, well, here's the problem. Here's the, I don't know how to actually solve it, but I'm going to attempt to solve the problem. And I remember I, um, you know, would make creative ways to do so. Like I, even to this day, I, you know, I would create patterns in my head. Um, and that was the easier way for me to record, to remember, to regurgitate, um, to learn. Um, I, 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 you know, an example, I would, um, I would genderize for whatever reason, I would genderize my alphabets and my, and my numbers. Um, and by doing that, and even words, by doing that, I was able to piece together quickly uh, whatever I needed to recall or whatever I needed to do. Uh, and this was like a coping mechanism, right? Um, and the same thing physically, I was able to, when people said no to me, I was able to figure out a way around that no. Um, and that's the same thing that happened, you know, with uh, uh, with engineering. Um, yes, I, you know, I wasn't an engineer. I didn't learn uh, or go to college for being an engineer, but I, I, I could, because of, the no's that came about saying, well, you can't do this, you can't do this, so you're not gonna be an engineer. So I had to actually go around that and I say, okay, well, you don't have to teach me, but I could teach myself, right? And uh, how, what, uh, what, what steps do I need to take to be a better engineer? Um, you know, product design, uh, uh, you know, architecting, everything from the database all the way to the front, like how, how, do, you, how do you learn that without actually having someone there teaching you how to do it, right? Um, that you may have learned when you were in college. Um, and a part of that also translate, translated into, into my entrepreneurial spirit or having that entrepreneurial spirit of uh, when someone says no, how do you receive it and how do you overcome it and how do you process that no? Um, and, I, and, and that's why I always call it my superpower uh, being you know, dyslexic and, and, and having a learning disability. It, it showed me another way that most people who, who weren't dyslexic or had a learning disability would take for granted, right? Um, it 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 it, uh, it made them uh, it othered them than not just me, but in doing so, it gave me a whole new world on how to look at uh, opportunity, uh, and for that, I'm I'm forever grateful. You said a lot there. That's a first of all. Before we kind of go on, I got to give a special shout out to Anishka Jay, who is uh, Himlish's <laughs> cousin, who kind of connected us. Before I forget, but yeah, I think you said two things there. One was. Um, how to get around the nose. I feel like that's like the daily business of being an entrepreneur is like people will say no, or like there's some kind of annoying thing that's happening that you have to solve. So it's like, that's like, that's amazing that that's kind of, you've been, you got practice before you actually have to do it on a daily basis. And number two, the education system where you said like, there is no, you know, knowledge or like plan B for folks that didn't learn the typical way. Like you probably saw like that cartoon of like, you know, these animals sitting around a tree and like, you know, that um, I don't know if you've seen it before, but it's like the teachers, whatever, saying we're going to measure who the best student is by <laughs> climb this tree best. And it's like, you know, a fish and like a snake and like all these different animals and yeah. like, obviously like yeah. a monkey's there. So it's like, yeah. I feel like the education previously and it's slowly changing, but I think the future mm -hmm. of education will change because of it is that different people, you know, um, learn differently like for me I was always yeah. very shy I always had all these questions I'm very I learned by asking questions but yeah. I feel like in a classroom if I asked those questions whether it was real or perceived um, or in my mind um, I felt like people would think I was dumb so I didn't want to ask those questions mm. but like yeah. now when like YouTube came or like you know when I went to university I should never went to class I should just ended up learning on my own because yeah. I was like 
I can't learn the way I want to learn. So I might as well just learn on my own. And then yeah. I would go and kind of ask in private to like the TA or somebody all my questions. So this is yeah. really interesting. You kind of brought that up because I just, you know, triggered stuff in my head of like the yeah. same kind of memories. So. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I was, I was talking to a friend who also is an entrepreneur and he had a learning disability. And then he had three other friends that, that happened to be entrepreneurs and they had a learning disability. And I just started looking around. I started noticing all these individuals that who became entrepreneurs that had a learning disability of some kind or in, on the spectrum of some kind. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's interesting because I think that when you grow up with those no's, you're more, you're more at ease, right? Uh, because you understand that, okay, that's a no, but that's not really, no, I'm going to get around it, right? Um, and then you, you, you create these ways to, to navigate and maneuver through it. Um, and entrepreneurs, I feel like, um, uh, especially if you if if you've got, if you've gone through that at an early age, you you'll be more success, successful as on, on, entrepreneur as you get older because you that'll be more familiar that that's your turf, right? Um, so it's funny how you see a lot of entrepreneurs that didn't have the option to a traditional going to tr traditional colleges or, or 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 graduating and then you know getting into um, uh, you know like a normal job because they wouldn't. They couldn't get it, right? So they had to actually create their own company, right? Um, for me, I, I I was lucky because um, one of the things that my mom and dad said was, "Hey, we just want you to go to college, right?" And and I worked my butt off to be able to get into school. School, and I I actually ended up going to UCLA and graduating, and that was that was such a blessing. Uh, uh, but I know plenty of folks that, and this is not this is really not a endorsement not to go to college to anyone listening, but. Uh, you know, I know plenty of folks that didn't go that route and they're way more successful than I could ever have imagined that they would have been if they did go that route. So, um, yeah, so that's that's super awesome. This episode is sponsored by nobody. That's right. Nobody. So if you could be kind enough to hit that subscribe button, that would mean a lot to me. Let's let's get into tapped in. So, like, yeah. you know, I think when we were talking, you kind of mentioned this idea and like. I think I met you when I think you just got your first round of funding uh, from court or I think, yeah, I think it was from court, uh, which is amazing. Kind of like describing your journey. It's crazy that you kind of started this company and then you got a, a successful exit. But before we get there, how did you even come up with this idea? I feel like, I don't know if it's random, but like maybe there's some kind of background to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I always say that the for me, at least, I feel like the ideas that that are the, the, the ones that are really sticky or the ideas that you confront or your friends confront on a daily basis or people you know confront on a daily basis, even if it's maybe not your exact group. Um, and from there, you know, you cultivate that. And, and everything that I've ever done in the past has always stemmed from that. Um, and this, so actually uh, Tapped In started as a mobile payment company. Uh, so this is prior to, you know, Apple Pay and, and Google Pay. And uh, there were some companies out here in, in, in the U.S. that were doing so prior to all of that. Uh, we were, we wanted to solve, I've always been, had an affinity to solving big problems. Uh, I just thought it was the coolest thing to, to, to be able to look at something that's this Goliath and say, okay, well, how do I get around it? Um, and, mo and mobile payment was one of those things. Um, but sooner, sooner than later, actually, after we started it, what we thought was, yeah, mobile payments cool, but what's even cooler is identity management. Like, 
because it, it includes mobile payment as well as a whole host of other things like like utilization both for a person versus like also a room or a, or an object like a desk or whatever it may be um, you know having access to remote area that's all credentialed and then of course with your credential you have all, all these hosts of of things connected to it one being your you know your payment your credit cards and your bank accounts and so forth um, and so when we started we started with mobile payment soon after like most companies do i think a lot of companies they pivot right they pivot to what they feel the market wants right and uh, uh we did we pivoted um early on and we had to do everything from from not just the software side uh, you know the back and the front end but also hardware side creating sensors from scratch right and and or, or integrating with existing sen uh, sensors so it was super hard to do, but um, it all stemmed from organic response from the market uh, uh, on us saying, hey, this is cool, but what about this? Did you guys think about this? And we're like, yeah, it's actually a great idea. And then that's how we kind of cultivated our, our, our path forward in, into, uh, into what we are doing now. And like, what was your like um, revenue model? Like how long did it take you guys to go from like idea to you know, product market fit and actually generate revenue? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so early on, we we were lucky because uh, it, in it, when we first started, even in the payment model, we were able to we, we were revenue positive, or we were able to uh, uh, be revenue flowing at that time. I, I wouldn't say it's positive, or you know, we were definitely not profitable. But uh, we saw the market, we saw clients; they were willing to pay for the product. And um, that, so that took about three years. So normally, you know, it takes about two years where, you know, a company can either uh, sink or, 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 or be successful. For us, it took about three years so we can start seeing revenues coming in uh, from the start. And then, um, then when the big changes occurred when we started working with Cord and Berkshire Hathaway. That's when things really pivoted, really opened up because, you know, they, we were a small company. They were this, this, this you know giant that that already had clients and that opened up uh, taking our existing technology and then really putting it in into their client base um, and adding value to their existing service lines uh, and that opened up and that happened from day one we you know we had revenues oh well uh, within within six months of actually six to eight months of actually talking to them to the time that we actually had our first client with them um, you know that that. Uh, that we, doing what we're doing now with socialization, um, that was such a blessing for us to have. But yeah, so uh, the first round was about three years in. And then when Berkshire came in, the huge round, or when Court came in, um, that was uh, about eight months into our relationship. And how did you like get connected with Court? Yeah, that's actually a, a great story. Um, uh, uh, well, at least I feel it's a great story. Maybe it's not the <laughs> best story. Um, so around this time, you know, I, so I started, I started the company. I brought in an individual that uh, I'm friends with, uh, friends with to this day. Actually, a couple of individuals I'm friends with uh, to this day. And um, you know, during during this time, um, you know, I always say on the side, and I always say that that we're always living in in an equation of change. Like things are always changing around us, whether we actually see it or not, right? Um, and, and, you know, and it's always not to be married to or settling uh, with the status quo and where it is. 
Um, and, and I say that because after this event that happened, uh, so one of my founders actually decided to leave the company. And that was hard because someone that you, that, you know, that you had a great relationship with, you know, saying, Hey, I don't know if this is actually going anywhere. Right. And, um, you know, we spent some time in this, I don't know if it's actually going to where, where we need to go. It's time to, uh, it's time for release for me to leave. Right. And that put so much stress and not only the fact that I had to put on his hat and do his, his, his job, cause we didn't have the money to hire more people, but also to be able to say, Hey, am I spending my time wisely? Should I be doing something else? If, if this person that I look up to that actually is super smart, smarter than me in every way, if he's saying no, right. Then should I be, you know, my wasting my time here? Um, you know, so a lot of question marks, a lot of doubts came about it. The one thing I would say during that time, um, what sparked in me was, not being married to change and saying change is okay. Um, that, yeah, this is a huge event that's happening, but you have to be okay with it proceeding the way it is and seeing where the cards lay um, and, and being adapted to that change. Um, and then actually doubling down, right? It, um, and that's what I did. I actually doubled down and said, okay, no, 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 this is going to go somewhere. I'm going to make sure. And, you know, majority of the team left, I was just left with like one other person. And so, we had to kind of rebound, had to recapitalize the company. So go back and find funding for the company because we were, we were, at the time we were like at negative like thirty thousand in our account, um, and I was like, okay, we, I don't have enough money to make payroll. Uh, I don't even have money to pay, put gas in the car tomorrow. What am I going to do, right? And so we were able to like just roll with the punches, stage gritty as possible. And during that time, I met an, an individual that uh, actually we we over the years have become friends who actually was working with, with Court and, and Berkter Hathaway. And, um, and he saw, he saw us a while ago in, in a trade show that we were at. And then he liked the product. He just out of the blue called me. Um, and he said, Hey, you know, what are you guys working on? Um, I told him, Hey, nothing's changed. We're working on these things. And he said, you know what, you really need to talk to some of the guys that, in my office. Cause I really feel he believed in the product enough and, 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 and the company and myself enough to know that we can make something work. He introduced me to the right people. And I will say that um, at court just had superbly innovative people that knew that, 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 that this had legs, right. Where, cause this was, you know, early on IOT, right. So people didn't know really where IOT would fit. Um, you know, the CEO, um, Jeff Pedersen just knew that it kind of clicked and people that I'm, that I was, I'm working with to this day, um, who's director of the company, uh, or at least that division, um, you know, just got it. They understood it and they knew that it was going to go somewhere. So I was really embraced. So that, that was such a blessing uh, for us to be, you know, uh, or to be embraced open, you know, wide, hands wide open to, to, to cultivate the relationship and then take us to the next level. And, th and that's what happened. That took a while. It wasn't instantaneous. It took us another, almost another year and a half or so of just, going back and forth with them and finding the right product fit. Um, and once we did, then everything just, just blew up. And then you ended up raising money with them as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so, at, you know, with their wisdom, you know, they being a Berkshire company, they would, they, what they wanted to do was test out the waters before they kind of jump in. Right. Um, and so they actually, we, we had a, a, a a relationship, um, a funding relationship 
that they helped us uh, get to where we needed to be so we can get the product off the off uh, the, the second or I'm sorry the third iteration of the product off the ground or so I'm sorry second iteration of the product off the ground um, um, to fit the clients that we were that we were talking with um, and then shortly after that you know once they saw traction um, then that relationship started to change um, towards something that uh, looked like what it ended up which was a which was an acquisition yeah so you kind of led into my next question which is like you know a lot of people and you know i think it's like you know you see all the successful stories in the media and like obviously i know your story and some others but it's so hard to kind of do this whole thing of you have this idea in your mind turn it into something real find paying customers and then kind of get an acquisition um you know what was that process like in terms of what you could share around like you know mm-hmm. how the idea of even like an acquisition came to fruit like were you looking for it or did it just kind of come out of a natural discussion tell us about that yeah i was you know i i would say that there were there were other companies we were talking with and so forth uh before before berkshire um there were and then of course when berkshire came along um you know, I I had already gone through that route of understanding what who we were, what our valuation was, what what the next steps would be, and 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 if we didn't find funding through oh, institutional funding, what would that look like, and how to for us to just kind of stay above water. Um, so it was a lot of prep work prior to that, but during that we were lucky because they it was a it was it's a it's a great home. Um, um, it allows us to do so much. Um, of course, there's you know, being their, their books are strong. Um, their clientele is strong. The quality of uh, customer service was, was great. So for us, it, it made sense to work with them because we knew that they were a great company. They're very um, uh, honorable and very uh, sophisticated people that helped us kind of understand the climate and, and, and the markets that we were getting into uh, uh, with or without them, they, they were still open for that. So that was awesome. Um, but during that, during that step and that process, and I think, you know, it happened so many different ways for for different companies, even other acquisitions that I was that I, I was part of or worked with. Um, you know, you have this kind of like a, a distress acquisition, and you have acquisition that just there was like a, a good fit with both companies, uh, and then there's you know companies is actually going out to 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 actually see an exit and whatever that exit looked like, right? So for us, um, and there's a myriad of other ways too, but for us, there was such a great relationship. Um, um, we we relied on them heavily on our sales uh, part uh, because they they brought in a lot of that that um, uh, legitimacy uh, because of being a Berkshire Hathaway company um, and so for us it made sense for for uh, for us to be a part of them they 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 you know they started talking about what that would look like um, and then from there it was just getting the numbers together right to make sure that everyone uh, felt that the the deal was great itself. Um, and so it was very organic. So all that to say that it was a very organic sale. It wasn't forced or, 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 or felt uh, pressured. It was just like, hey, okay, look, are we in a place? You know, I always say um, we were dating for a while, right? When, when, they, when they invested uh, or helped us fundraise, um, we were dating for a while. They, they looked at our product. They being, you know, they wanted to check all the boxes, cross all the T's, got all the eyes uh, being a Berkshire Hathaway company, they want to check everything. They looked at our technology, they looked at our customer service, they looked at our, our onboarding um, and said, okay, these guys have, you know, they did a good job 
from start to finish on, on building the company where it needs to be. Um, and now if we were to take it on, we can really explode it. Um, and so they did that due diligence, you know, close to about two years uh, prior to us even being acquired. But when the acquisition talk started coming, it happened very quick, uh, meaning the conversation had it very quick. Uh, and then to get from the conversation to where we actually ended up was, it was somewhat quick. It was about four months or so. Um, but all throughout it, it was, it was, I always felt like it was the, the best place for tapped, uh, for tapped in to end up, um, um, you know, they would grow it and, you know, growing this for so many years, it was, it was definitely like a, it was my baby, you know? Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I, I, it had a home where the technology could be used in, in the right ways. Um, um, and it would, it would bring value to its clients. And, and that's exactly what they did. So it was a very organic relationship that ended to a acquisition. Did you know that every time you left a five out of five review for this podcast, a Tamil parent lets their child pursue a career in the creative arts? Okay, that's probably not true. But if there's a chance that it is, do you really want to jinx it? Leave a review. Do it for the young creative in you. You know, once this acquisition got completed, all you know, you kind of got through all the due diligence, legal work's done. What's the first thing you did when you completed it? Like, were you like refreshing your bank account or like, were you <laughs> like, let me buy, you know, something nice? Like, what did you do? Um, uh, I went out and bought four Ferraris. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I no, it, it, it was, um, well, definitely I celebrated with my friends and family. Um, uh, you know, it was something that was a milestone for me. Um, I took a walk. Uh, I remember right after that, um, I took a walk by myself um, and I, I thought about the years that, ha all the years that, that happened, you know, uh, pri previous to that, all the individuals that helped me, I, I try to take an account of every downside, every challenges or all the challenges, all the naysayers, all the individuals that, that um, helped me along the process of overcoming and took a, 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 a glance of everything to kind of heal. Um, because being an entrepreneur, right, you're, you're, there's gonna be days where you're, you know, just stressed out, um, you know, cause it, it, you, unlike having a nine to five, you, you, you walk away from it and come, come home and you're like, okay, well, work's work. And it's apart from the rest of your life. But being an entrepreneur, it follows with you, uh, it tracks with you. You're always thinking about it. You're always, um, you know, stressed out. Um, or you're always, and the good side of it is you're always happy too, because you're doing something amazing and passionate. And for me, it was healing of um, the events that 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 were that were really detrimental to my to my to my uh, growth. And it was also um, celebrating in ways that I felt that um, uh, you would never, I would have even at that time, never thought I would have been able to succeed, that I was able to do that. And, uh, you know, I just thank God for everything he led me from, 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 from the very first inkling of the conversation I had with myself of, Hey, this might be a good idea to, to, to that exact moment. And then right after that, um, I, I went to the bank with, uh, with a friend of mine and I, and I got a printed check. Uh, meaning a, a receipt that I have to this date 
uh, and uh, I, you know, so it, it was just like, it was, it was taking this, 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 this idea, walking through the entire idea, getting to a part, part where that idea actually manifested itself into physicality. That to me was just like, that was the beauty of it. That was like the, the celebration of it. And I went directly to my mom and dad's house and we popped a bottle of champagne and, and just uh, relax and just talked about all the stress I caused them. So yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> it was a 10 year journey. I mean, I think a lot of people don't talk. And like you said, like, even as like, as a fellow entrepreneur, like I've achieved your level of success, but it's like, it is a constant, it's like this constant tension between stress about like, will I make it to another day? Will I be successful? Mm -hmm. But also the other, the other side is like, oh, you see all the benefits of the choices you make, like flexibility, you don't answer to anybody, but yourself, you're accountable to yourself. So there's pros and cons, but mm -hmm. it's just like everything you said is, um, you know, uh, just something I can reflect on as well. And you kind of mentioned God in the sense. So, you know, one of the things, you know, for those of you listening, like why I love talking Himalish is there's not that I have any Tamil Christian entrepreneurs out there for me to chat with. And so it's nice for me to kind of chat with him. And, you know, if you kind of heard his voice over the last, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you might notice kind of how soothing it is and how, you know, um, he's a very, I would say it's, Himalish is a very humble person given kind of the success and things he's kind of accomplished. And, you know, I can, I can probably guess it's because of his faith and kind of upbringing, but, you know, why don't you talk a bit about kind of, you know, the impact of your faith and kind of this long, you know, 10 year journey. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. So it was a, a long journey. Um, uh, I think for me, one of the, the best points of, of this journey was the ability to get closer to God, right? Cause you, 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 you lean, when you go through adversity, right? You, you either crumble or you lean upon something greater than you, right? And, and you track with that, in that journey, you track with it. And uh, to, to see in my, in, in my view, the hand of God moving things out of my way or putting things in my way. So it's not always, it's not always, yeah, everything's gonna work out perfectly just because you, you, you know, you're religious or you, know, you, you believe that there's a higher power. There's, there's times where things are placed in your way um, and, and only later you find out that that was to actually move you in another direction that ultimately brought you to some sort of success or some sort of a benefit. Um, and so for me, it was that, that journey of like finding where, where, where God's hand was moving me and why. And, 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 a, and like I said, in that walk, it was, it was, there was a lot of healing in that walk for me. And uh, it, it was because, you know, there are times when you question, you question your faith, you question yourself. I uh, question myself a heck of a lot. Um, you question that, hey, is this ever going to work? Um, and there is no, there's nothing around you that can say, no, don't question yourself. Even if your friends and family say, you know, don't question yourself, don't question God, don't question, um, you know, your your pursuit, your your your, your strength. You 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 come to a point where there's nothing left and it's just you. And you have to be okay with whatever happens after that, right? Um, and 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 not allowing the world to make you a brittle person, right? And saying I'm going to continue and 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 do it, knowing that I, you know, for me, I believe that there was a higher power that that was taking me to a, a inevitable success. And when you didn't see it, and in fact, the the, the times where I have to convince myself was 
in uh, in in the hardest times, right? Where where things are not working out, and you have to say, well, is this is this the last day, right? Because there were times where you won't know if you would go another day or another two days, even right? Because so many things are happening to all you know mile a minute. Um, but I always say that I had to go through what I had to go through with tapped in because it really made me super gritty. It allowed me to see almost this other side. It was, it was similar to um, growing up, uh, you know, having a learning disability, right? It, it made me a lot, made me a lot smarter, made me a lot more um, uh, 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 just gritty and just a lot more uh, passionate about what I was doing. And the same thing happened here when we tapped in, there were times where I didn't know what was going to happen. And so to, to continue, I had to rely on my faith in God to say, look, I'm going to give this to you. I don't know if tomorrow is going to exist. I don't know if the company's going to be around. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get anywhere, but I'm going to give it to you and, 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 let, and, and let you kind of take that wheel and see what happens. Um, and in that time, you have a lot of questions, you have a lot of doubt, but that's okay. You know, there, you know, some people I feel like think that, you know, people who are ultra successful, you know, had this, you know, just uh, great intellect or, or, or they, they had, you know, this, uh, this leg up, uh, you know, across the rest, right. Which could be the case. Uh, I'm not saying it, it, it's not. Uh, but I think what I find interesting is that everyone who are successful, they all had the ability to be gritty and to, to, to be able to say, I'm going to continue no matter all the odds against me. Right. For me to have that ability, it was my faith. I needed that faith to ground me enough to know that there is a next day, whether I see it or not. In the hardest and darkest times, there is a next day. And, you know, just, I always go back to that. I think it's the, um, that YouTube, our YouTube uh, uh, verse, um, before a child is born. No, there's always pain before a child is born, right? Um, and so um, that, it was like that for 10 years for me. And then finally, you know, uh, once we got, it was actually, it was closer to like uh, um, eight, eight, no, nine, nine years or so um, when we actually had the acquisition. So, so at that point, it was a lot of just tension. I had to release and let go. And there's like, thank God that saw me, he saw me through the entire thing to the point where I can go to the bank and can get that receipt and say, pop that champagne. So yeah, it was, it was uh it, it, it definitely was a humbling experience and it taught me so much um, uh, to this point, you know, that it makes me see things, every part of my life, not just my business life, but every part of my life in a, in a very different way. Love it. Love the answer. So we talked a lot about work, but what does uh, Himalaya outside of work do? Like, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, man. Uh, it's so crazy now with some, I'm planning a, a, a wedding uh, with my fiance, uh, Priya Pratap and, and, um, uh, getting, and, and also we're buying a house or we already actually bought a house. Now we're, we're renovating the entire house. We're basically the demolishing the entire house and rebuilding it. So that takes up a lot of time. So there really, there really isn't much time, uh, uh, these days to really do anything other than the wedding planning and, 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 uh, uh, you know, getting the house situated, um, the one good thing I would say, or not it's a lot, there has been good things even in COVID, um, is that it it uh, allowed us to go old school. And uh, Priya and I now um, are potting with my parents uh, in LA. 
And that has been a blessing as our house gets ready, um, being here and uh, spending time with my mom and my dad. Uh, that's super fun. We, uh, you know, uh, everything from eating chicken curry and trying out new dishes and and uh, just watching movies and just hanging out with my dad. Um, and now it's what? It's almost like seven months now um, that we've been doing this. Um, so that's 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 really my... Oh, we did get a puppy. We got a coat on. Uh, we got a um, quarantine puppy. So Kaya. So he's uh, he keeps us busy uh, with all the... But he's just like a bundle of energy. So other than that, yeah, that's it. I really, um, I, I'm always helping um, uh, other entrepreneurs and I'm working on, on a bunch of different uh, advisory levels with a bunch of different companies. So I fill my time with that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I really do for fun. What's the insecurity that you have? Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, okay, I, I would say, you know, the thing about being uh, in in the work that I do, right? It's that when you when you're when you're scaling, when you're blitz scaling, you're having to make decisions uh, on a rapid fire basis, right? And, and sometimes you don't have like hours to even sometimes think, or, or days or weeks to think about it. You just have to make the decision and move on. Um, and I find myself, you know, as soon as I make a decision, my mind, as my mouth is speaking and my mind is like already insecure about, about the decision, right? Um, and so, I, yeah, making the right decisions uh, uh, for the company, for my, you know, also personally as well. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think I'm the, I'm the smartest person, uh, but I do think that um, uh, it, it, in acting is failure, right? You have to, you have to act rather, um, you have to act. And if you don't act, that's, you know, that's definitely failure. Um, and so for me, once I make a decision, a huge insecurity that I, I that sometimes it's, it's uh, debilitating sometimes, um, wondering if it's the right thing or, or, or the wrong thing. And, and I think for entrepreneurs who are listening, right, it's like you make the decision, uh, it's at least the way I handle it. You make the decision, you should be intimate enough in your, in your, in your company to understand uh, um, at least have the the right equation to make that decision, and if it's a great decision, great, right? Uh, if it's a wrong decision, it's not the end of the world, right? You just pivot, uh, correct it, and operate faster next time, and, um, and or make better decisions next time, and 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 go. So yeah, I would say always second guessing my my decisions is a super uh, insecurity of mine. Yeah, I can. Uh... I don't normally second to guess my decisions, but it's like the funniest thing that I do. Uh, every weekend on Saturday is like kind of when I'm allowed to, or I allow myself to kind of go crazy with like uh, delivery food because typically yeah. I like to like, and I spend, usually I'm very quick at deciding things. Claudia always tells me, but I spend like an hour at least just sitting there. It's like a life or death thing. It's like, if I just eat this, I'm not going to enjoy this. And it's like, it's crazy. I don't know. It's like the funniest thing, but. Uh, I could, I could relate to that, especially if it has something to do with food. <laughs> Money can be hard to come by, but here's a hundred dollar opportunity for you. Join my free newsletter for free exclusive content and a free chance to win a hundred dollars when I hold special draws. Did I mention that it's free? Uh, another topic I want to kind of, you know, naturally kind of get into is just because something I, I, I see as a topic that people don't talk about, uh, it's taboo, I would say, is like the, you know, the mm -hmm. topic of money. So mm -hmm. just really around, you know, how do you view money? How do you view investing? 
actually what i really want to know first is did you put some money into bitcoin when you sold your company but if not <laughs> but like how do you view money and how do you view like you know investing yeah i uh, i did put some money into bitcoin i did put some money in uh, ada um 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 not i mean not 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 i'm still i still have that that uh scare so the one thing i i, I tend to do and i uh, doesn't necessarily mean that everyone needs to do this but um i always do things that 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 um or i when it comes to like my career and stuff i i work on things that i know things that i feel comfortable in things that i don't know um i still dabble with it right so it's not like i'm gonna put all my money in there and see how it works out um, but I definitely did put some money in there. Um, I don't know where. I, have, and I told myself, don't look at it. Just put some money in this walk away. And so I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> uh, I think from my friends' responses to their their investment, we're we're in a we're in an okay space. So, um, so yeah. So that, that's um, uh, that's what. I, well, I'm sorry. What was the second part of that question? Oh, investing. I got, right? I got excited. I got excited of, of the Bitcoin question. <laughs> yeah, like how do you do investing? Like, are you going to like? Are you like comfortable investing? Like, where do you like? Where do you want to put money? Is it like real estate? Is it like you know angel mm-hmm. investing? Like, what kind of things are you looking at? Yeah, um, so I definitely am putting money in in angel investing. So I, I so I do um, uh, provide both. Uh, you know, just help companies that are just like you know coming out. Uh, um, I do help in any financial way. I, I, I feel, you know, I can with them as well. Um, um, where do I put majority of my my time and energy? You know, the stuff that we're working on um, in in my current company, it's pretty cool, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, AI is uh, what we're doing at, at the company, and also where where I definitely see like three three um, heading towards that, you know, I think most of everyone now agrees that, you know, this is not just a, it's not just a revolution's reality. Um, and so I put, I put time and money in, in, in companies that, that are, um, just doing some really cool things and really solving massive problems. Um, that to me really intrigues me, uh, really gets me fired up. In fact, there's a company that I'm working with right now, um, as of actually of the state of, you know, in, in India um, and in Sri Lanka and in other parts of um, South Asia, the coronavirus is really, really devastating um, uh, them. So, uh, so, you know, one of my, one of the goals for me was always to leverage my contacts and, and money and my time and energy on things that um, for my, my local community as well as my global community. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm working with a company, Kui Health, that is just super awesome. They're providing uh, uh, healthcare to individuals who can't either afford it or can't get to uh, a hospital or uh, in front of a physician um, using telehealth. And they have some really cool technology when it comes to um, uh, looking at uh, vitals, selfie vitals, as they call it, and 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 in looking at your blood pressure and your your blood oxygen. And, and your blood oxygen is is huge when it especially for the for COVID-19, right? So, um, um, so yeah, spending time on, on AI models, spending or spending both my investment as well as time on AI models is um, where I, I definitely look into both my current company as well as uh, new ventures that I'm, that I'm uh, um, advising or, or part of in any way. Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know that you like, you like to learn. So like from your learning style, do you like, 
listen to podcasts? Do you listen to books? And if so, what's you know something that you've kind of either read or listened to that's kind of had an impact on you in the last couple of years? Um, yeah, good question. I, uh, I I try to. I have a subscription to Audible, like a lot of people do. Uh, I I you know I I spend a lot of time just uh, either reading or or listening to it. Uh, let's see, what am I listening to right now? Right now, I'm I'm listening to um, what what is it called? Reframing Healthcare uh, by um, Ziv Nurith. I, I think I'm, I'm probably butchering his name. Um, um, but as far as you know, anything Malcolm Gladwell, I'm all over it. Like I think majority of the world. Um, David, David and Goliath was a great uh, book. Blink really changed the way I I, I see things and making split decisions. Um, uh, uh, let's see what else. Crossing the Chasm was great. Uh, Life 3.0, um, being human in a in an age of AI uh, by Max um, uh, Tagmark, I believe. Um, that's been that was cool. Um, you know, I could list that. Origin Story. Uh, Wealth of Nations, uh, String Theory. There's all these books that 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 really have changed um, the way I see things. I would just say, if if you want to learn, uh, which I, I'm I'm sure everyone here is listening to this podcast, um, uh, you know, read as much as you can, um, uh, or in my in, in or Audible as much as you can. In 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 my case, um, as far as podcasts go, this is one podcast that just that's just like fantastic. It's just, I mean, I recommend it to everyone. Uh, it's called uh, the Tamil creator. It's like the best <laughs> podcast <laughs> in the world. Um, so may- maybe not this episode, but all the other episodes. Uh, um, so yeah, so I, um, let's see what else. So uh, uh, how I built this by Guy Ross is mm-hmm. an awesome podcast. Um, uh, Master of Scale by, um, um, uh, by Reed, Reed Hoffman. Um, he's, you know, founder of LinkedIn, uh, part of the PayPal mafia, um, just, uh, and, and by the way, his book, uh, Blitzscaling, I think it was by Chris uh, Yee and Bill Gates and, and uh, also by Reed Hoffman. That's a great book to, to listen to if you're, a, if you're an entrepreneur or really if you're, it doesn't even have to be, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur. It's just a great learning lesson on, on a bunch of different aspects. Um, Hidden Brain by Shankar Vedandan. Um, that's, a, that's a great uh, podcast as well. Um, yeah, and those are the, those are the, the, the ones that I hit up on a, on a, on a daily or on a weekly basis. And what's like a piece of advice that you'd give to, you know, your fellow aspiring Tamil creators out there? Um, that's a good question. I, I would say, okay, actually, uh, so I have this, so every day I, uh, I've listed like quotes that, 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 that I kind of collect over the years that really had spoken to me. Um, so there's so many different things I could probably say, but uh, today's quote um, probably rings well. So every day I wake up and I listen to that quote and uh, I meditate over it. Uh, not, not, not this particular quote, but just quotes that I have throughout the year. Um, today's, today's quote was, um, was probably fitting. It, it was um, by, by Churchill, Winston Churchill, um, actually, I have it up here somewhere, I think. Yep, here it is. Uh, yep. So success uh, success is not final. Uh, failure is not fatal. Um, it, it is the courage to continue that counts. Um, and I think that really sums up even this 
our conversation today. Um, you know, stay gritty. It, you know, um, don't let the world make you a, a brittle person. Um, make a choice every day, and if needed, even you know, every every second uh, to keep going against all odds. Um, um, and don't take uh, no for an answer. In fact, I always say there isn't really a true no. Um, um, there are people that accept no, and there are people who don't accept it. You just got to figure out which one you are. Um, pro tip, uh, don't accept no's. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's, it. that's a great segue to, you know, the uh, fun part of our podcast, which is a game we call Creator Confessions. So basically, Ooh, I'm just going to okay. ask you a bunch of questions. You're going to just say the first thing that comes to mind. And really oh, man. Very brief. So let's okay. do... You ready, Himalish? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. All right. Favorite Tamil food? Oh, cut the roti. Uh, something that scares you? Uh, um, uh, being on the road with when my niece is driving. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite show you're watching? Um, <laughs> Dave uh, on FX. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> A place you're itching to travel to after the pandemic is over? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, I want to go to um, somewhere tropical. So like I would just say Hawaii or or even Sri Lanka and just just to relax. Yeah. A fellow Tamil creator that you want to give a shout out to? Ooh, that's a that's a that's a that's a great question. Um, um, man, there's so many. And this is going to get me in trouble because you're going to be like, why didn't you say me? Um, I will say, I'll say uh, Rajiv uh, Nandakumar and uh, he's doing some pretty cool stuff. Okay. Favorite childhood memory? Oh, man. Let's see. The first thing that comes to my mind. Um, okay. Uh, I think uh, this is not... You know, I, I remember as a kid um, walking with my dad... When we first got to the U.S., uh, walking with my dad um, uh, in, in, in Los Angeles when he would take me to go get, go get, go get ice cream at... At Thrifty, those who know Thrifty ice cream uh, is, is the best, um, and uh, and we would we would walk there because we didn't have a car or anything, and sometimes he would carry me there, um, and uh, and and walk back. And I remember like just smelling the flowers. It would be at the evening time, and this particular part of the city was like they had these 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 flowers that only bloomed at night, and so that was just really just really yeah just like seared in my mind. Uh, especially because my dad now is in a wheelchair, so he, he can't walk. So it's, um, so yeah, that's one of my favorite memories. Pet peeve. Pet peeve. I don't know why, but I think the first thing that kind of came up to mind, maybe it's because of having conversations for work this, this, uh, or today was, um, um, I, I, I get UI UX, like if there isn't, if there's uh, something off about it, if it's not pixel perfect, um, I, I just, I, especially if it's a finished final product, um, I just can't stand it. I, I, I obsess <laughs> over it day and night. So, yeah. A person or a celebrity that you look up to? Man. Jeez, uh, that's a good question. Um, 
I'll, I'll say there's a person I look up to who who've uh, really brought me into into my own when it comes to business. Uh, Joseph uh, Jane Igum, uh, which is my uncle, actually Anushka's dad. Um, there's a lot of people that kind of mentored me along the way. He never gave up on me, and um, so did none of my family members, especially my mom and my dad. But but uh, you know, on the business side, he just just a brilliant, soft-spoken. Uh, person that just very unassuming that you would never thought that uh, he's a he's a, a genius but um, but yeah who's always supported me along the way so yeah if you knew you're gonna die tomorrow I regret that you would have wow that's a that's a good that's a good question um, I would say not investing in Bitcoin or no no uh, <laughs> I would say, I would say, um, not spending more time. So maybe because of the last answer, uh, not spending more time with my my dad uh, when he was able to get around and walk. Um, I think that that's a regret that I that I have time and time. And and, and for anyone who's listening, uh, make time, make time for your for your, for your family and and, and your friends and. And all your loved ones because that's priceless. A celebrity whose life you'd want to experience for one day? Uh, probably Beyonce. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, um, that's a good question, man. These are great questions. Um, first thing that comes to mind. Jeez, uh, man, that's a. I would say I would say probably Elon Musk. Um, I would just want to experience like what his day looks like. Cause he looks like he's doing a whole heck of a lot of stuff, a lot of creative stuff. So yeah, I would probably say Elon Musk. You know, that's like the fifth or sixth person that I said that answer. That guy oh, wow. is a marketing genius. <laughs> he's in all of our minds. Um, he, he used to live in LA. He used to live actually not too far. Now he's in Austin, but he, his SpaceX is right, right down the street. So mm. uh, I always, whenever I pass by it, I'm always like, what is this guy up to next? <laughs> a PSA you want to leave our audience with? PSA, like, so, uh, uh, like, like advice or, um, anything, yeah, just anything you want to leave them with, like just your final okay. thoughts. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I would say love, I would say, um, uh, you know, I, I'm consistently on a, on a pursuit to affect as many people's lives as possible. Um, I hope that, you know, we, everyone lives in this world for a very short period of time. What you do at that time is very important. Um, you know, I find it's not just your money that creates impact, but uh, of course that's a major tool. Um, but, um, uh, but what really matters is love in the form of at least on, of time, cause that's definitely priceless. Um, so yeah, if you want to impact or create both local and global change, um, it's, you know, spend time with the people you love, spend time with uh, the things you love doing. Um, and, uh, that would that would uh, create a lasting uh, legacy. Great answer. And that's kind of a nice way to kind of wrap up the podcast. You know, thank you, Himalish, for making time to kind of chat today. Um, if anyone's kind of listening to this and they're kind of inspired by your story and want to connect with you in some way, whether it's mentorship or they want to work with you or there's some kind of, you know, uh, thing they want to connect with you on, what's the best way to connect with you? Is it LinkedIn, Instagram? Like, what's the best way? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, 
Um, LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, I check that uh, uh, more often. So yeah, just connect with me. I'm, I'm happy to help in any way I can. Um, a shout out to anyone uh, that is interested uh, in working with, uh, so there's a project uh, called Mitra Project in, uh, in India right now, uh, I think I alluded to it earlier, that is providing uh, healthcare for individuals that, that, that are stuck at home or unable to leave, um, both in India and also Sri Lanka, um, and just don't have the finances or the, the ability to, to, to seek healthcare. Um, um, so if anyone that's interested in, in being part of it, please reach out. We're always looking for amazing, talented people that could, can help in that way. And if there's any way that I could help in, in whatever way that is, um, uh, please reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Himalish. And uh, for everyone kind of listening, you know, thank you for listening and uh, on to the next one. Thanks for having me. You know, question I meant to ask you was, did you get to meet the man himself, Mr. Warren Buffett? Uh, yes, I did. The the Oracle, the Oracle of Omaha. I, I will say, um, you know, a, a funny story or a kind of really cool story that, that maybe resonate with some people, hopefully will inspire people, um, is when I originally started my first company in uh, early in 2000, like 20, uh, 2002, 2003, with shout out to a friend of mine, uh, Ravi Kumar. Um, we, we were in LA, he finished college. I was taking a break from college and we drove across country, um, to his mom and dad's house. And, in, in, uh, uh, in, he was, he was staying with me and my mom and my dad and, uh, while we were building this company and then it was time for him to move back to Chicago In doing so we passed by Omaha. And at the time I happened to be reading Warren Buffett's uh, biography, uh, it was like an unauthorized biography about him. And I just thought it would be so awesome and so cool one day to work for uh, for for uh, for him or work for uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Um, and then lo and behold, you know, uh, years fast forward years later, uh, you know, he his company acquired uh, my company, and and uh, I met him in Omaha actually. Um, and it, I don't know if it's the mythology or if it's just like me just just high on life at the time, but. I just felt like I was getting smarter just, just standing next to him. Uh, this, is, this is probably one of the most humble people um, that I know. Reminds me a lot of my uncle, um, uh, Joseph uh, Jane Igum. Um, just, just, a, just a very soft-spoken, just very intellectual, just awesome person. Um, and it was just a, a great time that, uh, that I'll always, re that I'll always uh, remember. Um, and, you know, uh, every, you know, every year, we go to Omaha for the every May, but obviously with COVID, nothing um, could happen this year or next year, but uh, or last year and this year. Uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe next next year I'll get to meet him again. <laughs>